Well, last week we started a new series called Reset, and I'm so glad that you let me come back today. <laughs> um, you know, it was tough last week. I told you it would be. I told you probably the most challenging series we've ever done here, and uh, you know, but it was good. Many of you said, how, you know, we needed that or how much it helped you and things like that. Um, so we're looking at some things in the Bible, and we're looking at some areas where God may be saying and telling us that we need a reset, right? And uh, the goal is for us not to, uh, not to make an immediate change, you know, to go from one end of the spectrum to the end, but what's that next small step along the way? Um, what's that next step that God's wanting you to take? Now, what's coming up this week? All the women know what's going on. Why is that? Guys are like, I don't know, right? Valentine's Day. Some of you are excited. And, uh, you know, you've got plans. You know what to do, right? You get into this type of things. Uh, some of you are scared to death, right? And you just don't know what to do. I'm kind of in that group there. Valentine's Day is weird for me. You know, most of the time we're, we're doing this or, you know, just something as simple as this can make a big difference, right? Sometimes it's more elaborate, you know, really expensive things, or, you know, you go out to dinner or things like that, but we're, we're thinking about things. Why? Because Valentine's Day is about, uh, is about love. Love, right? Um, I want to talk to you about love this morning, but maybe in a, in a different way than what you're probably thinking or expecting. You know, when I mentioned love... And we, we talk about Valentine's Day. What do you think about? Marriage, right? Uh, husband and, and wife, you know, you think about those things. But instead of just focusing on marriage by itself, what I thought I would do and what I felt led to do was to talk about love within the family, right? When we look at the family today, many families need a reset. You know, you may be here this morning and you've thought that for a long time about your own family. Um, you might have come from a broken family, right? And then some of your memories are, are involved in that, you know. Um, well, here's the thing. We, we all have come from a broken family. You know, when you look back at the first family and you see the issues going on there, you realize that, hey, there's no such thing as a leave-it-to-beaver family, is there? Um, we all come from a broken family. Families have been involved in a struggle, in a cosmic battle for a long time. So I want to focus on the family today, but before we get there, I do want to talk about marriage, okay? I want to start off by just saying something about marriage, and the reason I want to start off with that is because we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 today. And if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and get there. But in Ephesians chapter 5, it begins immediately by talking about uh, wives and husbands and things like that. So I felt like I just needed to, needed to say something about marriage before we got there, right? It'd be hard just to get up here and start talking about wives immediately, right? Um, there was a, a, a guy in a... In a husband and wife together, and uh, they had been married for 25 years now, okay? So 25 years, the husband surprised the wife with a trip. He said, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to China. 
for our 25th anniversary. She had always wanted to go to China, to, to Asia, and experience that culture. And she was just so, so excited about this. She couldn't believe it because her husband never did anything like that, right, before. And so uh, she was so excited, she, she just couldn't believe it. She said, uh, if, if you're doing this for 25 years, what are you going to be doing for our 50th? Right? She wanted to know, and he said, well, I'm going to pick you up. Okay, are y'all here this morning? <laughs> you know, we, we joke about marriage, don't we? We, 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 uh, we, we? we joke about marriage sometimes, but look, seriously, okay? There are two truths regarding marriage, okay? Truth number one, this isn't on the screen, I'm just going to kind of lay it out there. Marriage is... And has always been important to God. Truth number one. Truth number two, marriage is becoming increasingly unimportant to us. You see that? And those two don't mix. They don't. Now, as I said, this sermon will focus on the family and not just marriage. But I just want to start by emphasizing truth number one. Because we need to get back to that. That's where our reset needs to be is that marriage matters to God. Um, I know many of you have been affected by divorce. Many of you in here. And many of you are my very, very good friends. Um, look, I just want you to know, and I, I don't want you to feel any condemnation from this church or from me from up here at all. I don't want you to feel that. I don't want you to ever feel that. I, I understand like, I get it. There's been many times where I, my wife could have walked out on me, you see. There's been many times I felt like walking out. I get it. I know the struggles. I don't want you to ever feel condemnation or, or judgment from me regarding this, okay? But at the same time, I've been called to proclaim the Word of God, including myself, right? Not just to you. But to me, too, I, I don't want you to get the wrong idea about marriage. I, I want you to get the biblical idea, God's idea of marriage. It, it matters to God. He's the one who created marriage, after all. He created it. Right? And, and God's word has a lot to say about it. In Genesis, God created man. You see that? He separated woman from man. God did that. Well, what did he immediately do? Brought the two together. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. Do you see that? God separated from man in the beginning, he immediately brought them together through marriage. And the two become one. And it's interesting. All the, you fast forward to Matthew 19 in the New Testament. And the religious leaders are trying to trap Jesus, trying to give him a hard time about marriage. They want to ask him about divorce. They want to make divorce the issue. And Jesus says, divorce isn't the issue. Marriage is. They wanted him to focus on divorce. He wanted them to reset and focus on marriage. And he said, what God has joined together 
what God has joined together, all the way back to Genesis. Let no man separate. You see? That's the biblical view of marriage. What God has joined together, let no man separate. Okay? And look, I'm not saying if you're in an abusive marriage that you stay in that. I'm not saying that. Or that if your spouse breaks the marriage covenant or leaves or whatever and you're there, then you really don't have much of a choice, do you? But what I am saying is that we must understand that marriage is instituted by God. We participate in it. So we need to take it seriously. So for now, just so we can move on here, just let me say this. If, if, if you've been affected by divorce, if you've been divorced or you're thinking about being divorced, you've gotten remarried or you're thinking about becoming remarried, look from, from right here on. Make that commitment to honoring the marriage covenant. You see, Make that commitment to being obedient to God going forward. All right? Maybe one day we'll do a special, you know, series on marriage, but I want to get to the family today. So let's, let's get into that. Let's begin talking about the family. Now here I want to start off talking to wives, all right? So are you ready? Uh, this wasn't my choice to begin with wives. It's actually in Scripture, so we're just going to go through it together. So Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Okay, we can breathe now. You know, this, this section of Scripture has really been the uh, center of so much controversy. Why? Because of the S word, right? Um, submit. But here's the thing, and I'm ashamed of this for, for the church and for, for any husband that would take this out of context. It's, it's been taken out of context. It's been misused so many times to treat wives as inferior to husbands. But that's not what this is saying at all. So shame on uh, Husbands that use God's word to, to push that. Shame on churches for proclaiming that. This scripture is not to be abused at all. However, however, this is a big however, it's not to be ignored either. I know sometimes we look at this and we say, well, I don't agree with it, so I'm just going to cast it to the side and not pay attention to it. You know, you can't do that, do that either. That's just as, just as wrong. This, what we have here, beginning with this, is God's blueprint for a blessed marriage. Okay? So we need to be interested in this. You want a blessed marriage, God has told us how. So, submit. What does that mean, submit? I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you bow down and worship your husband. It doesn't mean that you have to act like a cave woman and allow yourself to be drug around by the hair, right? Or, or that you're treated like a piece of property or that you're somehow inferior to your husband. It doesn't mean that. If you've been told that, you've been misinformed. 
Let's go back and read it. I want you to look how beautiful this is. What does it say? Submit. Submit yourselves. Wow. So this tells me that husbands cannot tell their wives to submit. The choice is whose? The wives. The, the choice is, is the wives. In other words, wives, you make the, the decision, you make the choice to place yourselves under that and submit to that. Now look at this. Submit yourselves to your own husbands. I like that. Hey, you don't submit yourself to other husbands, right? Other, other men. No, it's your, it's your own husband. Um, but here's the most important part. As you do to the Lord. Wow. What Paul's saying here, and this is the bombshell, treat your husband the way you treat Christ. Treat your husband the way you treat Christ. Look, God has given tremendous responsibility to the husband um, in the family to provide leadership within the home. That's a great responsibility. And I just got to tell you, from a husband's perspective, from a father's perspective, there's a lot of pressure in that. We feel the, we feel the weight of that, the magnitude of that. And I just got to tell you, sometimes it is overwhelming. Another way to, to look at submission is respect. Showing or giving respect in the home. You know, R-E-S. You get up here and try to spell a word. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Maybe I'll write it down next, next service. <laughs> did I spell it right? I think I did. Okay. So, respect. Uh, sometimes, wife, you just want to skip to socket to me, socket to me, socket to me. But, you know, uh, so Aretha Franklin, right? Anybody fans of hers, right? Yeah, Aretha Franklin. But did you know that she is not the original singer of the song? She didn't write it. She didn't perform it originally. It's a, she remade it. It was written and originally performed by a man named Otis Redding. A man. A man. And... and he wrote it from the perspective of a man who desperately needed respect from his wife in the home. Well, that's amazing, isn't it? Just can't hear a man singing that song, though, right? It'd be awkward. But here's the thing. Men, you know this. You're going to agree with this. Ladies, you may know this. But look, here is the truth. Men desire respect. Some men may tell you, some men may not, but the truth is men desire that. They desire respect. We, we live in a society where husbands are increasingly not allowed to do what God's asked them to do. And, and it causes major problems. I know you see homes that are like that. So, 
respect who he is in the Lord. Respect who God has called him to be in the Lord, you see. Respect what God has asked him to do in the Lord. So watch this. Here's your question. How can you reset with your husbands today? Right? How can you reset with your husbands? Honor and, and respect your husbands, right? Don't talk negatively about your husband to friends. Right? That happens a lot. It's, it's painful, it's tragic, and if you look at Scripture and a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined with his wife and the two become one when you're talking negatively about your husband to others, you're not just talking about him, you're talking about you and your family. So don't do that. How about this? How about allowing the husband to lead and make decisions sometimes, right? Look, here, here's what's going to happen. Two things, and, and they're both for your good, wives. All right, so you allow the husband to make some decisions. Uh, here's the first thing that's going to happen is you're obeying God's word, right? You're, you're living into that, and, and so you're, you're being obedient to that. Here's the second thing that's going to happen. Let's say, for example, choosing a restaurant. I know that's a silly example, but where do you want to go eat? You know, let the husband decide. He's either going to decide and you're going to have honored that, or he is going to say, whoa. You know, I really don't care. You decide. Either way, you win, you see. You see? <laughs> but look, here's the thing, too. Let the husband make some mistakes. We'll make them. But allow him to, men learn from mistakes. We do have a level of pride to where we don't want to fail. And so if we make a mistake, we'll learn. Because we won't do it again. Maybe. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying. <laughs> But it's okay. It's okay for him to make a decision and it not go good. It's all right. Laugh about it like we are right now. It's okay. But seriously, um, I, I love reading Genesis. I love it. I love it. You know, in the beginning, God created man and he, he pulled woman out of a man and says that, that God gave man a helper. A helper. You know, men, you haven't been perfect from the beginning. You've needed help all along. So, wives, what can you do? You can help your husband. You can help him fulfill his role within the home. How about this? How about praying for your husband? Not, uh, not asking your friends to pray for you. Pray for your husband because he's got this issue, right? That's back to the other thing I was talking about. How about you, by yourself, in your home, praying for your husband? How about encouraging him when you know he's discouraged? Or how about telling him you support him? You see, 
when you do those things according to this verse, this is the way this, this section of Scripture is to, be, is to be taken, is to be read. When you do those things, you not only honor and respect Him, but you honor and respect the Lord Jesus Christ when you do that. Okay, husbands, are you ready? <laughs> the wives are like, yeah. All right, Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. I think it's interesting that the Bible instructs the wives to submit and the husbands to love. Sometimes those are just, for the wives, it's harder for them to do that. And for the husbands, it's harder for them to do that, right? But here's the thing. Both are choices that each one makes. You can't make the other one do it. You know, husbands, you can't make your wives love you. Or wives, you can't make your husbands love you. And men, you can't, you can't make your wives submit to you. You can't do that. It's a choice. So Paul says here, love... And, and again, let's go back and read it. Love your wives, how? Just as, not sort of like. Just as Christ loved the church. How? How did Christ love the church? Well, first of all, he gave himself up for her what he did that tells us sacrifice that tells us husbands within the home with our wives we are to love them sacrificially till it hurts us to where we give up something to where we lose something and we give it to her that's how that's how we are to love sacrificially and then i want you to look at this it's beautiful look at all the stuff that christ did for his bride he gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her to present her to himself as radiant. What did Christ do for the church? He made her radiant, which means glowing. Glowing. Husbands, do you love your wives in a way that makes her radiant? Does the way you treat her cause her to glow or to frown? Right? That's the, that's the point. That's the issue. When you look at Christ in the church, Christ loved and he treasured the church. Husbands, do you love and do you treasure your wife? You do that. So husbands, here's your question. How can you reset with your wife today? Today. Here's some ideas. Just how about being available? How about being available? How about not being so busy that you don't have time for your wife? Right? How about this? How about be interested in her life? Be interested in her job. Be interested in her interests. Right? Talk to her. Talk. I, I know that sounds so basic, but look. I've been married a while, and I know it's, you, you grow out of these things. Talk to your wife. Women cry during romance movies for some reason. 
right? Anybody ever notice that? Or am I the only one, all right? Um, women cry during these Hallmark shows, and, and, and you know, why is that? Why do they do that? Uh, my wife balls watching Twilight. And I'm, I'm laughing, and she's crying, and I, you know, I don't get it. I'm like, this is so corny and goofy, it's funny. But uh, she's crying. She's crying over this stuff. Look, here's the truth. Women have wires in them. They're, they're wired with emotion that responds to love. It's scientifically proven. It is. They respond to love. So, hey, here you go. Help yourself out, bro. Say nice things. <laughs> Say nice things to her. Okay? Touch your wife. I know this is, you probably think this is going to get awkward here in a minute, but I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to stop right here. Look, touch your wife. Hug her. Women respond to those things. Rubs, pats. Look, some of y'all need some cayenne pepper in your chili. Okay? Okay? Spice it up a little bit. Women respond to those things. But provide for your wife, right? Provide for her. That's your, that's your role as a man to lead in the home, so do it. Do it. Step it up. Provide for her. Take care of her. Show that you love her. And, and look, make her glow. Make her radiant. If you're, if you're feeding her things that take away from that, stop. Only give her things that make her glow and radiant. And here's the beautiful thing. When you show love to your wife, you're showing love to Christ. You are. So next, children. Children. Okay, better get ready, children. Ephesians chapter 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So right here, I mean, this is, there's no gray area here, right? Um, obey. Children, obey your parents. It's not just something that we just tell you um, because we want to. It's, it's in God's word because... It's right. It's right. That is, that's God's design within the family. Anybody have a problem with disobedient kids? Okay. Well, I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself today. All right? <laughs> no, I've seen your kids. Uh, um. No, we all have, we, all of our kids disobey, okay? All of them disobey. Um, some of them are better than others, but all of them disobey at some point. And, and here's the truth. You were a disobedient child at one time. You were bad, okay? You were, you talk about it, your mom tells you about it all the time. You know, growing up, you were a nightmare, right? Um, it's, it's really an ongoing struggle when you look at it. 
previous generation, current generation, and into the future, if you've got grandkids, you can just say, oh, man, this is going to be tough, right? But look, children, I know we don't have kids in here, but we've got teenagers, all right? Got young adults. Obey. This is right. If it's the right thing, it's not the wrong thing. It's never wrong to do the right thing. Yeah, but disobedience is, is the opposite of the Lord's command. I mean, it's, if you disobey your parents, you're disobeying the Lord. I hope you see that. And it says to honor your father and mother. If you do, you'll enjoy a long life. Anybody's mom ever said, I brought you in this world, I can take you out. <laughs> right? Hey, I got news for you. It, it might not just be your mom that's going to take you out, but you know, God might take you out. Enjoy long life. Obey. Um, you know, take care of your parents. Help them out. When they get older, support them. If you do those things, you will have a blessed life. You see. It's in your interest to take care of your parents. It's in your interest to obey your mother and father, not just theirs. So children... Children of all ages, all ages, how can you reset with your parents? If you're in the home, right, if you're a child, if you're a teenager, whatever, within the home, how about this? How about listening, respecting your parents, obeying when you're asked to do something? How about, you know, if you're driving, how about respecting curfew? Or how about this? You're so tempted to lash out. How about fighting that temptation to lash out at your parents? If you're out of the home, right, you're, you're, you're grown up, whatever, you're remarried, you're out of the home, your parents are older, but they're still living, be there for them. Help them out. Take care of them. It's your responsibility. And, and look, I know m many people don't have a relationship with their, with their parents due to bad experiences or things like that. You, you can... Um, you can change that. may not always happen, but I would just encourage you to reach out to them. Don't just write them off. You know, maybe once every couple months, just say, hey, you know, I'm just calling you to see how you're doing. I love you. Despite what happened to you, you see. You'll be honoring God if you do that. So children, if you obey your parents, you'll, you'll not only be honoring them and honoring God, but if you honor your father and mother, you will have a good life. You will. Let's talk about parents. Parents, Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So you might say, well, parents, this says fathers here. So wives, are you off the hook here? Now, it's interesting when you look at this word fathers in the Greek. It's potter, P-A-T-E-R. And it's where we get our word parents from. All right? So... Parents, the instruction here is not to exasperate your children. Anybody know what exasperate means? Good, I'm glad because I didn't either. You know, I had, to, I had to look it up. I'm like, what is that? What is that word? But it literally means this. It sort of sounds like breathing, don't it? Exasperate. It literally means don't crush their spirits. Don't crush their spirits. Don't, don't beat them down. And look, I know 
And I know you know of situations where sometimes the father does this, but sometimes the mother too. You've seen that. I know it. There's situations like that out there. Look, I know sometimes it's hard, especially in the face of ongoing disobedience. I know that. But on your end as a parent, you do what you need to do to provide discipline within the home, but you you don't crush the very fragile spirit of your children. A discipline in the home is very important, but exasperation is detrimental to your relationship with your child. It will affect your relationship with your child long term. And on the other hand, sometimes parents don't discipline their children at all. And that's just as bad. That's not good either. The Bible teaches us that discipline is needed, but that's the key word. Needed. Discipline is to be used when needed. Exasperation is never, ever needed, you see. Never. Parents have been given a great responsibility with children. Here's the thing. Your child, your children have been placed under your care. You're responsible for them. You will answer to God one day for what he's given to you. And it says here that our responsibility is to bring them up. To work patiently with them. To come alongside of them if we need to. To help them grow in what? In the training and instruction of the Lord. What? Wait a minute. I thought that was your job, Zach. I thought that, that's the reason I bring my kids to church here and drop them off and that, that's your all's job. Nope. Parents, that's your job. We, we supplement you. We help you. We're not the primary means of discipleship to your kids. You are. And your responsibility as a Christian parent isn't to develop your child into a college athlete. It isn't to help them become valedictorian. It isn't to be their best friend, parents. But to bring them up in the Lord. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. You know what this literally means? It literally means to nourish them in the Lord. To nourish them. Can you imagine taking an infant and not feeding them but once a week? The parents' role to nourish the children in the Lord, providing an environment where they can grow in the Lord. And I know, I know that is a tremendous responsibility. The Spirit of God convicts me all the time about it. So parents, how can you reset with your children today? How about being there? Being there with your kids. Being involved. Not giving a them a hard time over little things. What about talking to them about faith? You might say, I don't, I don't know that much about the Bible. I don't know that much about faith. It doesn't matter. You start somewhere. You have conversations. You talk to them. How about making church a priority? You know, what are you, 
What are you as a parent teaching your kids about church if you don't prioritize church? You're teaching the next generation that church isn't important. Or how about being an example to them? It's frightening to know that kids learn more by how you behave than what you tell them, isn't it? They learn by watching you and what you do. Look, teaching your your kids, your children, to honor, respect, and obey you is preparing them. Once you release them, it's teaching them to honor, respect, and obey the Lord. That's great when you're doing that. So here, here we, you see this blueprint here, don't you? You see a blueprint for a blessed family. But as we close, I want to talk to you about one more, one last important area with you. You see, you may have thought that your greatest ministry was to be the best husband or to be the best wife or parent. You may have thought that your primary ministry was to your family. Look, that's what I thought too. Up and, honestly, up until three days ago, I even had that in my notes. You know, but then I, as I was reading the scripture, I just kind of went back just a little bit. I went back to the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5, and I saw that that's not the case at all. What is, what is our primary ministry? Well, let's look together. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God so you see that as a Christian if you're a believer your primary ministry is to be a good child of God that's your primary ministry Christians are children of God he is our father we are to focus on being obedient children. You see, you're a child of God first, and then you're a husband. You're a child of God first, then you're a wife, you see. You're a child of God first, then you're a parent, or you're a child of an earthly father and mother. Now, being a good child of God is our primary ministry, and then that flows into our secondary ministry, our family, you see. And you see, if we, if we just look at this and we follow God's example, we can be the wives, the husbands, the children, and the parents that God wants us to be. We can walk in the way of love. And we, just, we simply just need to glance at Jesus Christ. And we see the fulfillment of all that in Him You know, wives, I know submission is, might be hard for you to hear. Why do I need to do that? Well, look at Christ. And uh, you see the ultimate action of submission on his part, you see. Our husbands, you might say, well, why do I need to love my wife? Well, you see, in Christ, you see the ultimate act of, of love in that. Uh, kids, you might say, well, why do I got to obey my parents? You see, in Christ, you see the ultimate act of obedience to the Father. Even when he struggled with it through prayer, he obeyed to the end. And Philippians tells us that he was obedient to the point of death. And you might say, well, what about, you know, Jesus never had any kids, right? So he never got to bring them up 
Well, I just got to tell you, as soon as Jesus began his ministry, he never stopped. He started bringing spiritual children to himself. And what did he do with those disciples? He trained them and instructed them in the ways of the Lord until he died. You see, the fulfillment of all these is Jesus Christ. And what, what is the key to having a blessed family? It's Jesus. It, it is looking at Jesus and his example and following that. It's looking at Jesus and seeing what he did for you and saying out of honor and respect to you, Lord, I can honor and respect my husband. Out of love for you, Lord, I can love my wife sacrificially. Out of love for you, Lord, I can obey my parents. I can honor my parents. Out of love for you, Lord, I will give my life over to raising my kids to not only know your name, but to know you personally. Look, this right here is pretty popular this week. I saw this, and I, this always makes me think of Forrest Gump for some reason, right? Now, what did he say? Uh, life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? And I just felt like saying, Forrest, just open the top. You know, you open these things and, oh, wow, there's a diagram. It shows me exactly what I'm getting. Maybe they didn't have that in the movie. But, you know, when we look at the family, sometimes it feels like you never know what you're going to get. Like it feels like a big question mark. Like you're looking and you just don't have the answers. But I got to tell you, it's right there in God's word written down for us. And we see it, we look at it, now the question is, do we obey it? Do we reset and, and align our lives to God's plan, to God's blueprint, to God's instruction? And then, we'll know exactly what we're getting within our families, right? Well, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this teaching this morning. We thank you for the truth that you've revealed to us through your word. Father, I just lift up our families to you. Father, we see that not only is marriage important to you, but the family as a whole is all your design. And it's really been given to us. And we are to be responsible for our families. Father, help us to see our families as a way that we can worship you in a way that we can honor you. Father, I pray for the marriages this morning that are in trouble. I pray for the Families this morning where the relationship between the kids and the parents is in trouble. Father, as we just simply look out in our communities, we don't have to look nationwide. We just look down the street. 
And we see families falling apart left and right. I pray today that we would make a stand. And that we would honor you with our lives by loving, by respecting you and what you did for us on the cross. And if you did that for us, we can be the husbands, the wives, the parents, and the children that you want us to be. But we have to start. We have to be intentional. Father, I pray that you would help us to do that. In your holy name we pray. Amen.